There's a guy named Chris that is right now working for Elementor. He has a tattoo of Elementor's logo. If we change the logo, he will kill us. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Plugin.fm, a podcast that dives into the stories of entrepreneurs and makers to learn from their experiences and uncover valuable lessons that you can put into practice in your own business journey. My name is Patrick Rolland, and today I'm talking with Hadas Golzakar, Senior Brand Manager at Elementor. Hadas brings more than a decade of experience in the world of branding, with expertise in UI, UX, and web design. Hadas has worked for Elementor for five years. She started as a web creator in the Elementor community. She did tutorials and webinars for the YouTube channel. She created the employer branding for their headquarters in Israel. And for the past two and a half years, she's worked on the global brand for Elementor, creating brand campaigns, organizing global brand events, and working on the branding process inside the company in her day-to-day. And I think it's fair to say that Elementor's unique visual assets from the pink logo with complimentary pastels to playful images and illustrations have made it instantly recognizable in the digital space. Today, we're going to look at why products need branding and why technical founders, entrepreneurs, and bootstrappers shouldn't overlook or underestimate its power in shaping a company's future. I'd also be sharing her experiences and observations with us from the early stages of a product idea through launch and growth. Hadas, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Thank you for having me here. So happy. <laughs> awesome. And yes, we just we just arranged your background and I love the visual background of the beautiful pinky <laughs> behind you. It looks great. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's the element for pink, you know. It's our brand. It's iconic. <laughs> it's iconic. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the first thing I want to do, I think, I think there's an assumption in the the maker space that like branding is for big companies, and and now Elementor is a bigger company. Right. But I think you know, for people who are just getting started, they think we'll get to branding later. We have a logo, we'll get to branding la- later. When should solopreneurs and bootstrappers think about branding um, in in the journey? So that's a good question because Elementor didn't start as a big company, right? We started as five people. It wasn't big. We didn't have a lot of websites. So I believe that the developing part of the product is actually the part when you start considering the brand, even if you don't know that. I mean, when you start developing a product, you think of somebody. You need to you know, solve a problem or some kind of a situation, and this is why you're developing a product. So mm. basically, you have a target audience already that you're developing a product for them, right? So the, the, the branding part starts there. This is the first seed that you plant. Uh, and then the, the idea here is how, how to develop it later on with the users that you start developing the product for are still in mind. So the first thing you should do is to define the target audience. Who use this product? What are their needs? Start to research about them and see how you can make your brand appealing to them. So it's not just, you know, answering a problem because you're one of a kind, that's for sure. But how do you create differentiation? How your brand stands out? Why should people choose you, other, you know, other companies and stuff like that? So after you're doing your research and knows your target audience, uh, this is uh, the, the time that you start building your brand mission and your vision and other values that differentiate your brand from others in the market. So this is basically the first few steps of the brand that you need to consider in the beginning. But the next step will be to create your brand story. Okay, so this is where the promise is. You have a promise for your target audience and the brand story is how you, you know, tell the story and tell them about your promise and 
this is kind of a, if you think of it like a, kind of a, a girl that you want to invite, right? So you need to do the first move. So you have an idea in your head. Uh-huh. There's a lot of people next to you that maybe are, you know, hotter, cooler, whatever. <laughs> but you're the, the, the one. You're the one for her, right? Uh-huh. So you need to do the first move. This is your brand story. This is how you do it. You start, you know, with your pickup line. And you know her. You know where she's hanging out. You know what she like, right? And this is how you get the girl. This is how you get your target audience with uh-huh. a pickup line that this is actually the brand story. So this is like the first few steps that everybody are doing it, but they don't really know they're yeah. doing it. This is part of the developing of the product, but the brand is already inside. The main thing here is to remember who are your users, who are your audience, mm-hmm. the target audience, and don't forget them because this is the people that will actually buy your product later. Yeah. So, yeah. So- I, well, first of all, I love that visual of be, being in like a bar or something and there's like a lot of people and how do you stand out? How do you make the best impression? Yeah. Because that, that other person can only can only go on a date with one person, let's say, right? Like you can only go on, they can only try one software at a time. Exactly. Um, so you need to be the best. You can't be the second best or third best. You need to be the best so mm-hmm. you get uh, you get picked. Yeah. I, lo- I love that visual. Um, <laughs> I love that. I, I, I And I think I agree with you that Basically, branding starts as soon as you picked a target audience. So yeah. if you're, you know, if your target audience is really advanced users, then even silly things like your logo can look more advanced, or, or mm-hmm. and the website can be more advanced and can speak to those advanced right. user problems. Mm-hmm. And of course, if users are, if your target market is beginners, then you you don't want to go in a different direction. Love that. Exactly. I, but so let me just ask this because we do have a, we have a lot of makers who listen to this. Is this like a, do you start branding with like, almost like just like a little bit of branding and you just keep filling it in over time? It's like you start with like a skeleton of like, here's the the bones of what we do. And then we're going to fill in all the, you know, the muscles and the skin and the mm-hmm. the, the other uh, the other details later. Yeah. So you have kind of a structure at the beginning. Okay. Uh, so the vision, the, the, the promise, the values, this is something that you start with. Okay. So... You know what your product's supposed to, to to solve, right? This is your vision and your promise. I'm promising my target audience that this is how we'll help them. So this is something that is the very beginning of the brand strategy. This is how you build it. You're setting guidelines that are the structure of the brand strategy. And then after you have the idea, you have the values and everything, then you start creating the design on top of it because mm-hmm. you can say a few stuff. But if I'm saying, for example, let's, let's just throw words, you know, in the air. For example, I'm saying, I don't know, high tech. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have kind of something in your head with a specific color, specific logo. Or if I'm saying, let's say carpenter. Okay. You have a specific logo, so specific design. It's something completely different than high-tech, right? Mm-hmm. So this is something that you keep in mind. This is the psychology of design that you combine inside your brand when you're building the brand strategy. So you have the brand strategy, you have your values, everything inside, and then you cover it with a right design, mm-hmm. something that will pop up your values, your mm-hmm. mission, your purpose, your brand mm-hmm. story. The design should uh, help the, the brand story and not be just, you know, pretty. It's not mm-hmm. that. Right. They should be complimentary. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so let me, maybe, I think maybe the way to think about this is what are, I think it's hard to think about how to do brand strategy, right? So maybe it's easier to think about like, what are mistakes people make with brand strategy, especially for solopreneurs and bootstrappers and, and how do you avoid those mistakes? Maybe that's the the angle to look at this through. Yeah. So I think the most common mistake is the desire to do, to be somebody that you're not. There's kind of a trend in the tech world where people really want to be Apple or, you know, similar companies with a strong and memorable branding, but you need to think of it. Does it really serve your values of your own product? Uh, does it truly differentiate you from the others? If you want to be somebody that you're not, probably you're not differentiate yourself from other companies. And this is a really, really, really big mistake here because as we said before, you need to be appealing and you need to do the pickup line and why are you number one, right? So this is why you don't need to be like somebody else. You need to think mm. of your own company, your own values, how you take it out and how you be different from everybody else. You can see it in many cases in the WordPress sphere if we're talking about WordPress, right? So just like, let's take it from the design perspective. There's a lot of companies in the WordPress sphere that uses blue, purple, black colors, right? How many of those you saw? So for Elementor, for example, we're using pink. We're mm. using multiple color, bold color. We are, you know, multicolor. We have six main colors. Mm. So this is something different. I can see it whenever we're attending WordCamp, for example. Our booth is always stands out because mm. we're so pink. There's like a pink dot in the center. Who cannot notice that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is something, you know, just a minor thing in design perspective that the, you can use and not be like everybody else. Um, the other thing is uh, to try to narrow your brand message so it will be simple, clear, very accurate, not very complex. A lot of uh, products use a lot of big words or, you know, long sentences to for their brand message. Their brand message should be short, simple, accurate. So it's not be difficult for the user to understand what they want, you know? So keep your brand message clear, simple, and most importantly, memorable. Uh, for example, Elementor Messaging, build your future. That's it. Three words. Simple sentence shows our company vision in a very clear way. Talk about the product. It's building its future it's very easy. Got so, it. So let me let me start with the, the part I definitely get is I definitely get you don't want to be someone else. I, yeah. And I agree with that, right? And that applies to trying to find a, a date. And that also mm-hmm. applies to trying to find your target market is you don't want to be someone else. You should define who you are. Yeah. So in real life, you know, I'm maybe I think I'm funny or I think I'm this or I think I'm that. That that's fine. But in business, like, do you try to put those attributes into your branding? And also, where do you draw the line and say our brand is, you know, the the brand is different than the owner? Yeah, we're touching a point a point here uh, for the brand persona. This is something that develops throughout the time. Uh-huh. Uh, so a brand persona is something a bit different uh, when you start and collecting, you know, research about your target audience and you have your values and everything else that we already talked about, this is when you start talking about buyer personas. Who are your targets? Who are uh, the people that will actually buy the product? So you can do it in, you know, demographic way, uh, information about uh, interests, goals, etc. 
And then you start collecting information on where these people are hanging out. What are the slang? Uh, are they in social media channel, in a specific one maybe? And then after you do this uh, research, you start building your brand tone and identity. Uh, here you start speaking in your target audience language, for example, there's a tone of voice. Uh, you start, you know, uh, in the design way, you start looking to do the look and feel of the product in a way that will appeal your target audience. Uh, you start acting and talking uh, like them, so you'll be part of the family, part of the community they mm. have already. Uh, for example, at Elementor, uh, our audience at the beginning were freelancers. So we talked in a, in a, in a way for freelancers. Our tagline was the number one page builder. So this is something that is very approachable for freelancers. They don't need something else. It's a page builder. It's a, it's a, it's a plugin. That's about it. Mm. But when the, the target audience evolved and start being more professional and ask for more stuff. And they actually understand that they can build, you know, a business on top of Elementor. We realized that we need to change too. We need to evolve. We need to change our brand strategy a little bit, but still keep in mind, you know, these are the same people that we started with. They just evolved. So this is why we need to evolve as well. So our tagline, for example, changed to create website design your future. So this is a bit different. You think of a whole thing. It's a platform already. It's not just a baby builder. It's not just a feature. It's something that you can build off. It's something that will create your future, your work, you know, stuff like that. And it's a bit different thinking here. Love so, that. Yes. Yeah, so you, you've already eased into my next question. So well, well done reading my mind there. Well done. Yeah, well, probably. <laughs> Uh, that was great. That was great. Perfect. I don't even need to do a segue. Uh, I get so I will ask a follow up to. Okay, so a lot of people that I've talked to on the show have like built a product based on their own need. They had a client they needed X, then they realized that they could build that plugin software as a solution, whatever, and then sell it to everyone else, which is great. That's incredible. But it means you might not necessarily do like user interviews. You you know that you need the the yeah. the solution, but you don't really know who these other people are do you for branding purposes do you think it is important to do like research and like get get on interviews and call these people do surveys all that how do you again i think a lot of people use their intuition which is great to make mm -hmm. a product but then for you to do good branding should you also be doing more market research than you might need for a beta like a, for an alpha version of your product um yeah i guess that's at the beginning you have a hunch you, you can't really know. You can do researches, you can ask people, you can call somebody, you can do whatever. But you need, you know, just to put the hook inside, see if something catches at the beginning. Mm. And after you have like the brand message, the design and everything inside, you're sending it to the world and see the reaction. If the reaction is great, people are loving it, well, you did a good job. And if not, you need to change drag uh, uh, gradually and see what worked better, what didn't work. And this is all about the, the evolving thing. The evolving here for branding is very, very, very important hmm. because you see that sometimes you do stuff in branding that are just not working and it's fine. This is how you learn the best because hmm. when you fall, this is how you know what you did wrong. You know how hmm. to not do that again. And you learn a lot from your audience. 
So I, I'm really hoping that everybody will fall at the beginning because this is like the shortest fall here. <laughs> because after you have like, you know, tons of audience and yeah. do something that is not very cool for them, then the fall is really big. Uh, I can give you a good example for uh, the rebranding that we did here, okay? Mm -hmm. A few years ago, we did a rebranding for Elementor, uh, and we changed from the colors from the pink and burgundy, and we had a kind of a purple thing. We changed it to six colors, and one of them was orange, okay? And then the reaction that we got from the community was terrible. <laughs> they actually com uh, compare us to McDonald's. We had a video in our community channel. Uh, ben, our formal uh, spokesman for Elementor, talked about it and show, you know, reactions from our community. What happened to Elementor? Why are they looking like McDonald's? What's going on with them? And we could like, you know, take it back and change it back to, you know, pink and purple and burgundy like we used to be. But we decided to keep it because we thought it serves our values the best. And this is something that you need to keep in mind. Even though the, the reaction is not very good in the beginning mm. and you know <laughs> i'm saying not very good in in minor words but uh if the reaction is not very good you need to understand that this is not something bad maybe it's something that people just need to get used to maybe it was mm. happening too fast so this is something that you can learn from to do it gradually to change it gradually uh for example this time when we change the editor we start doing it gradually we didn't do it you know in one take and that's it. So the reaction was calmer this time. It wasn't very difficult like last time. Uh, so this is something that you need to keep in mind. So if you're doing something, try to think of the worst case scenario. Is yeah. it that bad? Or you can learn from it and you know develop later. So I, I think I take away a different uh, point uh, than, th than I think the point you were trying to convey to me. The point I just took away is you should you should get all of your branding mistakes mistakes yeah. out of the way early because because yeah. I, I think in, in naturally people get used to a thing you know if I my I love the color purple so like my personal blog is in purple and and if I ever switch to orange people might complain you know or people who've been reading for a long time might complain Probably. and so really it's you should do as much branding up front as possible and experiment mm -hmm. with different colors and logos yeah. and whatever experiment with all that see what the reaction is and get it to a good place because then you hopefully want it to change it five years down the line. And then people complain that you look like McDonald's or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Love it. Okay. <laughs> so when it comes to branding, I think the WordPress world is very blue. You're right. Like WordPress is just a very blue, like almost every brand. And then of course, wordpress.com is blue. And there's mm -hmm. a couple other very blue ones. If I had to brand something from scratch, I, I would probably, what I would probably do personally is include a little bit of, you know, just like a little bit of blue in it, just, j just to tie into the WordPress world. But I do, but I do want to, I do want to focus on what makes me unique and what right. I love purple or I love this color. I love that color. I love these shapes. Yeah. Right. And I love appealing to this target user. That is definitely what I'd focus on. And I, I think anything that's left, I would maybe see about fitting in the WordPress world. Yeah, I need to think of your anchors. What, you know, is is something that the users used to see and, you know, and that the experience is something that are used to do and mm. leave that because this is the most difficult thing. But think, think how you can pop out, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so if I'm talking about the pink again, so this is something that pops out. But for example, 
our product, you know, acts as WordPress. They know the dashboard. Yeah. It's something that's familiar. So the, yeah. the learning curve is really, really easy. So they don't need to adjust everything, you know, yeah. from the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So I did want to talk. So I think the the key um, the the key points that, that that a lot of our listeners are I don't want to say stuck on but are focusing on is product market fit right so it's are you making a solution that people want to buy um, and there's value in there and they want to buy from you and you want to sell to them that's product market fit yeah. so is there is there something that branding can help with to help people find that product market fit yeah sure so uh, brand can help a lot of this situation uh, for example. One of Elementor's values is embrace dating, meaning we always try to improve ourselves. So it only makes sense that the product and the brand strategy will evolve as well and will stay relevant at all times. So another way to communicate with this is start to talk uh, with our community members, with our, you know, uh, the, the web creators that are using Elementor. Uh, we call in the branding area, we call it UGC, user generated content. So this is something that everybody knows as testimonials. So with Elementor, I took this project and I took it from a different perspective. It's a more documentary point of view. So hmm. this is what I try to, to do there. So I call it user stories because when we started to do those user stories, I'm not calling it testimonials because of that, I start investigating people from our community and ask them about their life. What are they doing? The, the day-to-day, you know, the, what are their you know, what are they doing? Actually, what is their work? They get up in the morning. What are you doing? So the stories were amazing. I found out stories that blew my mind, you know, Mm. stuff that they told me that ever since Elementor got in their life, they changed their life completely. For example, there's a woman uh, that I interviewed that she talked about how Elementor is uh, not just building websites. It's changing women's future, for example. This is what she believed. Or, for example, uh, a couple that starts creating uh, tutorials and build a YouTube channel. And they're the, now they're influencers mm-hmm. because of Elementor. They start yeah. building tutorials for Elementor. It's a whole job description right now. So... They're, they're not they're not just brand advocates. It's mm-hmm. something more than that. It's their story, their emotion inside. So this is something that can can actually help to achieve product market fit and you mm-hmm. know uh, start to evolve uh, when you gain traction. And I think, of course, you need you know a good product first thing. Yeah. But after you have the good product, people will actually want to talk about it. And this is more you know than every fancy production with you know high uh production value that costs shitload of money sorry my Uh language but uh (laughs) it it, it's much more because at the end of the day when you want to buy something you're not calling a salesman you're calling your friend to tell you if this product works or not if it's if it's valuable and this is it this is the friends that's it very, uh, I, okay. So I, I love all this and I'm, I'm a huge advocate for user research. I find that we don't, I, I, if I had to criticize one thing about our industry, it's that we don't do enough talking yeah. with our users, um, just to really understand how our products are affecting their lives. And I love that you did that. 
And I love that. Okay, so I I think branding can be nebulous, and it's like, what am I really paying for? Are you just changing the color from purple to pink? You know, I. I but if if you can look at branding through the lens of you're doing all the customer research, you're getting user stories from people, you're understanding how the product is. They're not like you know, you're not doing user testing where you're seeing which buttons they're clicking. Right. You're not you're not doing very technical things. You're just you're really understanding how the product fits into someone's life. Mm-hmm. That to me seems valuable, and I'm probably willing to like spend spend you know hire someone to do all that user research. Do you feed all that information back into the product process? Is there is there a, a loop or a cycle there? Of course, of course. Um, we're hearing our community all the time. We're very you know connected to our community. It's one of our values. This is how we grew up here. Uh, so yeah, of course. One of them, it's like you know uh, we have localization groups that we're connecting with them. Uh, part of uh, there's uh, community groups that are part of our focus group. They're you know helping out developing the product. Uh, we're getting all kinds of information every time we're releasing a beta. So this is something the community also talk about. Uh, we have lots of touch points here and there with the uh, people that actually use the product. And yeah, of course, it all's, it's kind of a wheel here. We're talking to them, they're talking to us, and we're approving, they're approving. It's like, you know, working together process. Love that. Fantastic. I, I like hearing there's a lot of iteration. It's good. Yeah. So there's product market fit. And then once you clear that hurdle, I think the next level is scaling, right? And with scaling, you're usually expanding into new markets and maybe meeting new customer segments that you didn't really target before. Mm-hmm. So when, you, when you've gotten past product market fit and you're scaling, how can branding be adapted to address the needs of a new market, right? You're not just talking to a freelancer anymore. You're talking to an agency owner or, right. or something like that. How, how does branding change? So uh, I can give a good example for that for Elementor. For as I said at the beginning, uh, we used to talk to freelancers mostly, uh, maybe small businesses, but mostly freelancers. That was the very beginning. But right now we have small businesses, medium enterprise, all kinds. Uh, we have more than thirteen million websites right now, so that's a lot of people counting on us. Every small change. <laughs> so people actually build business on that, on a mentor. Mm. So we need to keep it in mind. We can't, you know, change everything without letting them know, for example. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning, we had, you know, feature release whenever it was ready. And we didn't have a date for that. We just released it. Uh, we did a video for that just with the headlines, maybe a blog post, something like that, but not something, you know, just minor thing to keep them updated. That's about it. But now, because they have like business on top of it and they need to build, you know, their roadmap for the next year. So they need to understand what's going on with Elementor. Are they building something new? Are they evolving or not? What's going on? So right now, uh, we start doing a roadmap every quarter. So our our web creators will understand what is expected for mm. the next quarter, the next year, or something like that. And they can adjust their business on top of the feature list there are planned. For example, right now we have the AI, right? Mm. So the AI is something that they can actually put inside a business proposal or something like that. Mm. And they can actually plan, you know, from the a few months before we actually release it. They know what to expect. So the learning curve later will be much easier because they know what's going on. They know the platform and they just need to see maybe a tutorial or something like that for a few minutes to understand how to technically, you know, work with it. But that's about it. 
It's very mm. easy. So yeah, it's it's something that you keep in mind because right now there's a lot of people counting on us on, on yeah. everything. So we can't ignore it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess let me let me let me let me re-ask the question. So if you are going from and maybe it's like you're selling something for software for authors, and now you're selling not just to authors, but you're also selling to musicians. Those feel like two very different groups. Yeah. And you've you've changed the software in some way that it makes sense for musicians now. Mm-hmm. Do you would you ever reconsider doing your branding, or would you just kind of keep the same? Would you keep the same branding? So I'll keep the same branding, but I will probably change a little bit of it uh, according to you know, what's going on outside. Um, in terms of logo, something like, like, let me give you just a small example. There's a guy named Chris that is right now working for Elemental. He used to be a community manager. He has a tattoo of Elemental's logo. If we were change the logo, he will kill us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, but logo, it's something that you don't change unless it's uh-huh. something that, you know, you didn't consider that you're going to be globally or, you know, if you're coming to a new country, that's a cursing word or, I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Then you change your logo. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But there's anchors that you don't change. For Elementor, it's like the logo, the pink mm-hmm. color, the connection for the community. These mm-hmm. are stuff that are anchors for Elementor brand. So these are not going to change at all. But we can change all the 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 stuff that covers it. For example, the extra colors that we add, maybe the fonts that we change mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, how we talk to, to people right now. It's a bit mm-hmm. different. Um, so yeah, the messaging is a bit different because people are more professionals, not, mm-hmm. not just freelancers. It's a bit different also. So you're changing the cover. You're not changing the core. And that's mm-hmm. the main issue here. Cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Ch- change the cover, not the core. Yeah. Um, okay, so we, you, you were just touching on my next question, but is there, um, is there an opportunity to shake things up every once in a while? And part of me is thinking, you know, it's, it's Black History Month or it's Women's Month. And you know, like, do you change your color scheme or, or is there an opportunity for that in branding to show who you are? Or is it just almost always better to like be consistent? And, I, and I'm not just talking about special days or special months, but are there, are there opportunities for the opportunity to shake up your brand? Yeah, uh, you just need to to see what's going on in the market right now. Who, are, what's going on with your target audience? You know how they talk, if they changed or not. Um, but there's always room for different, uh, for for you know evolving and change. Uh, you know colors and design and whatever. Uh, but you need to think again. What is the core? Because uh, if you're changing something that is the strength of your brand. This is where you're doing something wrong because if you're going to change something that is the strength of your brand and then people will start, you know, living, that's it because they liked it and you change it. Nobody likes to, somebody's, you know, moving their cheese right now. Um, So you don't want to do that. You need to understand what is the strength and where you don't need to, to do anything because it's working. You're not changing something that is working. This is like a ground rule. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you see that something didn't work well, or maybe the font is not very readable, okay? Something like that. This is something that you can change. Or maybe you can do uh, kind of, um, I don't know, 
the messaging is not very, you know, precise. Maybe the wording here can be changed a little bit. So this is something that you can change. But anyway, think of the, the core here. What you need to pay, uh, you need to pay attention of the strengths, the strength, sorry, of the brand before you change anything. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and focus on your strengths. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So I'm thinking of a bad branding decision in, in streaming. Um, so specifically, HBO's parent company merged with Discover. I'm, I'm probably getting the names wrong. And there was a streaming platform called HBO Max, and it was renamed to just Max. I think it's a weird, uh, weird decision because I think HBO is a stronger brand. But, yeah. you know, parent, comp- but companies merge and companies get acquired all the time. So my question for you is, if a product is acquired, is there an opportunity for a rebrand? Is that a good thing to do? Or should you should you almost like if you get acquired, keep the existing brand and try to stay distinct from your parent company? Um, that's a good question. I think like uh, when you're acquired, it's a bit different because you need to understand uh, who is the stronger brand here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you want to be connected to a strong bread for sure. Yeah. Um, but people actually chose you and, you know, they bought your brand because the, it stands out. So this is something that you need to keep in mind as well. You don't need to lose it. You don't need to throw it away because a bigger brand brought it, bought it. So that's fine. But if your brand is not part of the big brand and, you know, start being, you know, just one company and there are still two companies, you need to think of what differentiates you from the bigger brand, how you're going to mm-hmm. be popping out. This is something that is really important. Don't lose yourself here. So think of, it, you know, those stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I'm just thinking about this HBO Max thing. And uh, HBO is clearly stronger than like HBO Max is, is a brand new brand. Yeah. So then to like get rid of HBO and just be Max, that like that, that, that they're ignoring your advice here, which is, focus on the stronger brand. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't have examples off the top of my head, but I know there are companies that have acquired smaller companies but have way better branding. Mm-hmm. And then they take on the name of the company they acquired. Yeah. Um, because it has that that name recognition, even though an, that company was acquired by an, another bigger company. But it yeah. just, yeah, focus on the stronger brand, obviously. For sure. But don't forget yourself as well. Yeah. Just, it, it just a, a, a thing of if the brand, if the company starts being one company, so you need, that's a different issue. But if it's just like two different companies, mm-hmm. don't forget yourself. You're, mm-hmm. There's a reason for people to buy your your brand, your company. So you need to keep it in mind. You're still strong. Your brand is strong. So don't lose it. Yeah. So speaking of a brand being strong, um, I think it's harder mm-hmm. with language, with messaging, right? How yeah. do you align, you know, like how do you make sure that, your color pink is aligned with your messaging that it's changing the world or, or building your future, I think was your, your tagline. How do you connect those and make them, how do you make them cohesive? Because I think, I think that's really hard. And is that a job for like one person or is that a team of people who make it cohesive? Yeah. So th- that's a really great question. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna compare it to a person. Okay. So we have the colors, the logo, this is the appearance, right? Mm-hmm. But we have the soul inside. And the soul is like the tone of voice. This is something a bit different. This is the identity. Um, so there's a team of people that work in different departments. For example, we have the sales, we have the CX, we have uh, the hosting, the elementor hosting, uh, we have the, the plugin, the editor. 
all different uh, 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 departments talks in a certain way, way, right? If I'm doing a marketing campaign, for example, I will talk in a certain way and not same as um, CX for support, right? Uh, the sales part will be more salesy, campaigning, by here, by there, whatever. But the support here, the CX, will talk about how to help you out and be, you know, uh, something that will come with me. I will show you something like that. The tone is a bit different, but the, the language and the phrases inside supposed to be the same. For example, if we're talking about Elementor hosting, we're not going to say like cloud or, you know, mm. just hosting or WordPress something. I don't know. The phrase is supposed to be the same. The, the appearance to the, to the target audience, to our web creator is supposed to be seamless because if they're talking to, if they're seeing an ad or talking to a support person or seeing it in the editor or in our elemental hosting or something like that, the, the, the approach to this specific web creator is supposed to be the same. It should be eye leveling, you know, a bit cheeky. This is how our tone of voice is. Uh, we're not going to be, you know, stuck up and something like that because this is the support and they are more technical. I don't know. Uh, so it's supposed to be kind of, you know, um, default kind of a way. There's like a brand guideline for tone of voice, how we're approaching uh, our web creators, what are we saying, what are the, the specific phrases that we're using internal and external. Uh, the, the tone of voice here inside the company is the same. When we talk about products, we're talking about the same phrases. We can't call it in a different way because this is something that is learning from the inside. If you, if the team is not talking in these phrases and this tone of voice, you can you can do it outside. So it starts from the company, from the team, talking the same language, and then when we take it outside, it can be you know in a different tone because it's me or somebody else, but the the language will be the same. Mm. So that's the main issue here. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, getting language, and I, I think I would use the word messaging. I don't know if I'm using it incorrectly in this context. Yeah. but Messaging is also good. Uh, yeah, because messaging is, these are the features we're talking about. We're, we're saving people time. We're not saving them money. Or like, you know, you, you agree on terms that, that are important yeah. for your product. Mm -hmm. And even if people use them in slightly different ways, different copywriters, different support agents, et cetera, at least if you agree, the top three features of our product are saving time, double booking meetings, and yeah, blah, 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 kind blah, blah. Of a, it's great consistency, consistency yeah. despite the, the slight differences, you know, in yeah. the tone or the person that actually says it. Yeah, fantastic. And and so, and does a, a team of people work on like this messaging? Uh, it, so in previous companies, yeah. I was a product marketer. Mm -hmm. And that was my job is to come up with those specific <laughs> messaging frameworks. And right. then you would hand it off to a copywriter who would do more of the work. Yeah. So we had a brand guild here that built actually a doc of how we're talking uh, mm -hmm. as Elementor. Uh, so we took copywriters, product marketing, uh, people that are talking in the community, uh, all kinds of touch points uh, that connects with our audience. And every one of them gave, you know, issues or stuff they are dealing with so we can know how to align with the tone of voice for everybody and everybody will talk in the same language, the elemental language, uh, despite the differences, you know, in the in the departments. So, yeah. Did, did you call that elemental language? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. What, what nerds? Language. 
That's good. I like it. It's really like pink, it. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So last big question here is looking ahead, how do you foresee branding evolving within the WordPress ecosystem for both plugins and themes? Are there any you know new strategies or trends that are coming out that product makers should be aware of? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of them. Uh, I think the most common thing right now, uh, I'm going to say buzzword AI. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you heard about that. That's uh, something, I don't know, just pop in my mind. Uh-huh. Anyway, everybody are talking about AI, right? AI here, AI there, I have an eye, an eye. okay. Uh, so yeah, Elementor has AI too. But I think the the, the thing here that is new uh, is that the AI here is how we uh, make it approachable and easy to use in our product for web creators. Uh, so I think this is going to be the next step for uh, WordPress. Uh, it's going to be the AI and how to implement it, you know, in a brand way in the in the product. For example, our AI is in the product and it works uh, in a seamless way. It's inside, and they know how to use the editor. It's something that well, <clears throat> that we thought of when we did it when we put it inside. How uh, the learning curve will be easier. And, you know, the, the design of the editor will stay the same and will not be changed. And what web creators need from AI, not everybody needs, you know, mid-journey or stuff like that. They need something maybe simpler or they just need it for content or whatever. So the AI specifically comes in touch points in the products. So mm-hmm. this is something that is a bit like elemental way to see AI. Mm-hmm. Um and the other thing, less technical but still technical, is the per- personalization. Mm. Uh, I think when we're going far away for AI that is so technical and high end and machines and you know stuff like that, I think the person and their uh, preferences is really critical here. We need to give you know our web creators, our target audience, however you want to call it. Uh, the opportunity to choose the functionality, the appearance, their their preferences, the way they like it and they want to use it. Uh, for example, uh, in Elementor hosting websites, uh, our hosting environment, uh, you can pick whatever you want. You can pick, you know, either to start with a kit or that will, you know, help you out with the first step, or you can start from scratch. It's your call, but. It's okay. You can change it later if you picked something and you didn't like it. This is the personalization thing here. You can change it the way you want it, the way you need it. There is no pressure at all. And everything is according to your preferences at all time. Um, So I think in towards it's consistency and evolving. So it's always like to keep an eye, what's going on outside? How do I evolve? Uh, and how my brand is evolving, you know, accordingly. Don't lose yourself. As I said before, the identity uh, uh, is is really important. So start, st- uh, uh, sorry. So uh, <laughs> be consistent and take, you know, small steps every time. Don't do it in one time. Uh, so consistency, evolving AI and uh, personalization. This is the main thing here. I love it, Adas. I uh, I appreciate that you said two opposite words, which is consistency yeah. and evolving. So, yeah. 
<laughs> nice and uh but i think that's the, the world we live in um but exactly. it's also confusing uh but you know because you have to you have to really choose how do i want to say consistent and how do i want to evolve yeah it's very complex but yet yeah. simple yeah it's always like that <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. love it um hadas thank you so much for being on our show and sharing your insights yeah thanks for having me it was so fun let's do it again <laughs> perfect and thanks to our listeners for tuning in if you enjoyed this episode hit the like button and subscribe to trick the internet into directing its algorithms to our youtube channel if you're on the plugin.fm website be sure to hit the subscribe button for early bird access to our future content or just share the episode on all of your social media accounts so that we can help entrepreneurs like you in their journeys too. Plugin.fm is brought to you by Freemius, your all-in-one e-commerce partner for selling software, plugins, themes, and software as a service. If you're struggling to grow your plugin revenue, send a note to contact at freemius.com to get free advice from the Freemius's monetization experts. My name is Patrick Rolland, and thanks for listening to Plugin.fm.